a few weeks back, hot topic ang same-sex marriage dahil nagkasagutan sina Lito Atienza, Marvick Leonen, and Walden Bello. Yan ang pag-uusapan natin this week. In Let's Get Biblical, we'll talk about the lesson we can get from the book of Exodus. And we have a loaded dirty pop today because we'll talk about The Matrix Resurrections, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Cobra Kai Season 4. Welcome to The Jay Aruga Show! Kumusta? Kumusta? Welcome to the Jay Aruga Show podcast, the first conservative podcast in the Philippines. How is everybody doing? I pray that you're all fine during the Omicron variant surge. Shout out sa mga bagong listeners. Maraming bagong listeners ang podcast na ito and I would like to thank you all for your support. Just binge the back episodes. Yan ang hinihiling ko sa inyo. They will keep you company for a long time. Also, if you know someone who you think would be interested on what we talk about here, share nyo naman ang podcast na ito sa taong yan. I'd greatly appreciate it if you do. Also, syempre, shoutout din sa mga seasoned and long-time listeners ng podcast. So, kamusta kayo? I'm glad you're active sa The J. Aruga Show Facebook page. Salamat sa engagements. Same din ang request ko sa inyo. If you know someone na into these Catholic and Christian teachings, conservative values, don't be greedy. Share nyo sa kanya itong podcast na ito. We're in this together. If we're taking back the culture, kailangan pasa-pasa ng information. Also, if you're listening to this episode through Apple or Spotify, give us a review. Only 5-star reviews ang ina-accept natin. Kung tingin mo, hindi deserve ng podcast na ito ang 5-star review mo, take a deep breath, relax ka lang muna, surely hindi ang podcast na ito ang may problema. Talk to a counselor, reassess your life. Then, i-review mo ulit ang podcast once you have undergone a series of psychological evaluations. Alright? Game na ba sa topic natin? Okay. A few weeks ago, laman ng social media sina Dito Atienza, Walden Bello, and Justice Marvick Leonen because of the issue on same-sex marriage. Ito ang mga exchanges nila. Sabi ni VP Candidate Representative Lito Atienza, and I quote, We don't believe in same-sex marriage because marriage is meant for a male and a female and the purpose is reproduction, end of quote. Then sumagot si Justice Leonen sa Twitter, and I quote, So it will not make sense for senior citizens to marry or those who are not fertile? Asking for a friend, end of quote. Bumanat din si co-VP aspirant Walden Bello. And I quote, I disagree with Congressman Atienza. Marriage is an institution created by society. As such, it evolves as society evolves. 
it began not to promote reproduction but to mark possession of women by men. It then evolved from an instrument of possession into an institution to seal and celebrate a loving relationship between two partners of different sexes. Now, with the further evolution of society's values, marriage has expanded to seal and celebrate a loving union between persons of the same sex. Institutions must keep in step with society's growing appreciation to many dimensions of love between human beings, not imprison society in archaic values, definitions, and practices. End of quote. Anong masasabi ko sa lahat ng mga exchanges na ito? Ang ilan sa mga sasabihin ko, sinabi ko na noon sa podcast. Pero baka first time listener ka, kaya uulitin ko na lang sa episode na ito ang mga sinabi ko na noon. Sa usaping same-sex marriage or any redefinition of marriage, mapadivorce man yan, polyamory, etc. Babalik tayo sa sinasabi ng ating previous guest na si Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. Contrary sa sinasabi ng kagalang-galang na si Mr. Bellio, marriage, although it's a societal institution, it didn't begin to mark possession of women by men. It began with a public purpose to attach children with their mom and dad. Pansin niyo, of all the religions in the world, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, saan sila nagkakasundo? Definitely, hindi sila nagkakasundo sa nature of God. Hindi rin sa monotheism. Hindi sa any doctrine. Pero may isang bagay na nagkakasundo sila. And that is, Marriage is for man and a woman. Let me explain this further. Tama si Justice Leonin, may mga couples na matatanda. May couples na infertile. Hindi lahat ng marriages ay may anak. Pero lahat ng anak, lahat ng bata, garantisado yan, may nanay at tatay. I'm 100% sure of this. Kaya kailangan ng society i-protect ang institution of marriage kasi... When we protect the institution of marriage, we protect children. Sadly, Justice Leonin, I hope you understand why we have marriage in the first place. Para hindi mo binabago ang grounds for, let's say, annulment, gaya ng ginawa mo noon, nung binago mo ang definition ng psychological incapacity. Kung ang mga bata ay hindi na kailangan ng care, lumalabas na sila as adults sa isang manufacturing plant at self-sufficient na sila kagad, Walang makakaisip na mag-institute ng marriage. Na-institute ang marriage kasi ang mga lalaki sa tribo, hindi pwedeng buntis lang sila ng buntis ng mga babae sa katribo nila. Tapos once mailabas yung bata, kaninong problema yung pagpapalaki sa kanya? Sa government? Na-institute ang marriage dahil kailangan ma-bind ang bata to the two person na dapat magpalaki sa kanya. The kids' parents. Totoong may mga tao na hindi nagkakaanak, sadly. Pero alam nating hindi sila nagkakaanak dahil may issue sa reproductive organs nila. Maring infertile sila or menopause na. Pero this doesn't take away the fact na valid ang kanilang marriage. Ang isang couple na meant na magkaanak pero hindi sila magkaanak dahil sa problems in reproduction ay iba sa couples na hindi talaga meant magkaanak gaya ng same-sex couples. Ang example ko nga dyan is halimbawa may baril ka. Ang baril is meant to shoot bullets. Kunwari may baril kang sira. Baril pa ba ito? 
Ang sagot ay oo. Sira nga lang. Sa isang banda, let's say may lighter ka na hugis baril. Exact replica siya ng baril. Matatawag mo bang baril ang lighter na ito? Of course not. Hindi siya meant to shoot bullets. Ang sirang baril ay baril, pero ang lighter na hugis baril ay hindi. Kahit na pareho silang hindi nakakashoot ng bullets at a given time. Yan din ang reason kung bakit ang infertile couple at ang matatanda ay valid marriage, pero ang same-sex couple is not. One is ordered towards reproduction of children. May disorder nga lang ang reproductive system nila at the moment. The other is never really ordered to reproduce. The infertile couple at ang mga matatanda are valid marriages. They may seem to be the exception to the rule that marriages are meant to attach kids to their moms and dads, but they're valid. Ang problema sa society natin is kapag may exception to the rule, gaya nito, yung exception na ang ginagawa nilang rule to a point na nakakalimutan na natin why we have the rule in the first place. Why is it that of all adult relationships, marriage is what the state is the most interested in? To a point that we're keeping tabs of marriage. The reason is not because the government wants to keep a registry of people who are madly in love with each other. Kaya disagree ako dun sa sinasabi ni Walden Bellion na there are now many dimensions of love. Because Love is not a legal term. Kaya balik tayo sa tanong, why is it that of all adult relationships, marriage is what the state is the most interested in? May marriage certificate tayo, pero bakit walang BFF certificate? It would be good kung may regulations on best friends, di ba? Ang dami kong best friends na iniwan ako. Akala ko forever kaming magkakaibigan, pero hindi. So how dare they do that? The reason... Why the state is interested in marriage more than any other adult relationships is because, like I said, it produces babies. And babies are new citizens of the state. Because we took out babies from sex through contraception, and we took out sex from marriage through the hookup culture or casual sex, we now get a distorted view of marriage. I'm not Speaking on the LGBTQ plus community sa podcast na ito, you can do whatever you want. Ang sa akin lang ay, I hope, number one, you don't redefine marriage. Number two, you don't redefine what a man and a woman is. And number three, you don't force us to go with whatever new identity you come up with. Other than that, we could go all along like we did in the 90s and the early 2000s. Why are we making this same-sex marriage shenanigan such a big deal? Because we should think about the children. Redefining marriage redefines parenthood. Parang sinasabi natin na a child doesn't need a mother or a father. Aside from that, I don't want children being a commodity. Think about this. Paano magkakaroon ng anak ang isang same-sex couple? It's either through adoption or in vitro fertilization, o kaya surrogacy. What's the problem there? In adoption, it is in the best interest of the child that he or she gets raised with a mom and a dad in the home. I'll talk about this later, why gender matters in child rearing. 
if you give the child to a same-sex couple, it's not in the best interest of the child, but it's what the adult couple desires. If they go for IVF or surrogacy, you automatically take away the child from at least one of the child's biological parents. All for the sake na gusto nyo lang magkaanak, na parabang produkto ito kung gusto nyo bibilhin nyo. I'm sorry, but we need to have a children's needs before adult desire attitude. We need to have a them before us attitude, gaya ng advocacy ng kaibigan nating si Katie Faust. Speaking of which, in the next part of this episode, I'm going to discuss what I read from the book Them Before Us by the aforementioned Katie Faust. I highly recommend this book. Available siya through our friend Dumb Ox Books. Okay? Let's go. Why does gender matter? It is important to note that there are great strides in the fight for equality between men and women. Timory Millington Jaja and I talked about the different waves of feminism. Women can now own property. They can now vote. And badami ng women in academia and the workforce. Unfortunately, we sometimes make a critical error na when we say equality, we confuse it with sameness. In our quest to remove the typical stereotypes by erasing the differences between a man and a woman, we forget to acknowledge the sexes complementarity. May meme ako na shinir sa the J. Arugasho FB page. Galing ito sa kaibigan nating si Jonathan Van Maren. It goes like this. Sabi daw ng sexist, the woman should wash the dishes. Sabi naman ng feminist, anyone can do the dishes. Sabi naman gender ideology, whoever washes the dishes is the woman. Medyo circular, di ba? Kaya nagkokontra ang feminist at gender ideologues. Pero ano nga ba talaga ang tama? Kasi baka sabihin ng iba, the conservative position is circular din. We're saying na may distinct differences ang man at ang woman in their roles. Then baka sabihin ng trans activist, yun naman pala eh. Edy, you agree na kung sino ang mahilig gumawa ng roles traditionally sa woman ay woman. No. To answer the question on who is the man and the woman, we'll just go back to biology. Our friend Trent Horn has a good way and a simple way to differentiate the man from the woman. Sinabi niya ito when he guested in this podcast. He's careful at using chromosomes because there are certain anomalies in the chromosomes. So to put it simply, the person ordered to inseminate is the man. The person ordered to gestate is the woman. Yun lang. And you might notice I use the word ordered again. Kasi there are instances that there are reproductive organ disorders. Given biology, paano naman tayo nag-come up with gender roles? Social construct ba ito? Ang patriarchy ba ang nag-uto sa women na manatili sa bahay? A research by Armin Falk and Johannes Hermel called Relationship of Gender Differences in Preferences to Economic Development and Gender Equality concluded that women in egalitarian countries meaning mga countries na may pinakamalaya ang mga babae pumili ng school, course, career na gusto nilang piliin, mas lumalabas ang sex differences between men and women sa mga countries na ito. Meaning, sa mga countries na mas malaya ang mga babae, gawin nila ang gusto nila, 
mas lumalabas na ang pinipili nila ay ang stereotypically female choices. Of course, there are exceptions. There are women who choose jobs na popular sa lalaki. There are men who choose jobs na popular sa babae. But what this study is saying is on the average or in general, ganun yung mga choices ng mga babae at lalaki. Of course, kung may exceptions like these, what determines their manhood or womanhood is their biology. Now, balik tayo sa tanong, does gender matter? Mas maraming similarities ang lalaki sa babae kesa differences. We all eat, we all sleep, we all breathe air. Pero ayon kay Katie Faust, downplaying the important differences is like handing a surgeon a butter knife and expecting him to perform surgery with a butter knife instead of a scalpel. Dahil marami din namang similarities ang butter knife at scalpel than their differences, di ba? At ito ang fatal mistake ng society natin in substituting a man for a mother and a woman for a father. Anong mahalagang differences ng mother and a father in parenting? Dads embody the world to their children and moms embody the home. Ano ibig sabihin nito? Ang trabaho ng dads is to launch their kids to adulthood. Dads represent the world to their children. Dads are more of a risk taker. Sila yung madalas mong makikita nagtatapon na anak nila pataas sa mga parks at airports. Kaya kung magsa-search ka ng video sa YouTube na Why Dads Shouldn't Be Left Alone With Their Kids, madami kang funny hits na makukuha. Mas rough and tumble makipaglaro sa kids ang mga lalaki. They encourage competition. Kapag nadapa ang bata, the dad tells the kid to stand up, stop crying, and do it again. Sa discipline, mas malakas sumigaw ang dads and sometimes namamalo. Gaya din ng world outside. Cutthroat, dog-eat-dog, dad represents the outside world to their kids. Moms, however, represent the home. Meaning, she's wired to nurture and connect. Worried siya kung may sakit ang bata. She nurses the kids. Siya yung takbuhan at tahanan ng mga bata. She provides comfort. Alam niyo kung saan galing ang expression na Naku! Galing yan sa inay kupo. Siya ang pinupuntahan natin kapag natatakot tayo, malungkot, umiiyak. She provides the emotional support. Moms are the original safe space for children. While dads encourage competition sa mga games, moms encourage equity. Kapag nanonood siya ng naglalaro ng board games sa mga anak niya, hindi niya matitiis kung may isang kapatid na sobrang kulelat. Sasabihin niya sa ibang anak niya na, huwag niyo namang pagtripan si Bunso. The presence of both male and female parents maximizes the likelihood a child will develop into a confident, sensitive, well-rounded, and self-controlled adult. Not to mention that having a male and a female parent also gives children crucial exposure to the opposite sex. When a father is present, the boy learns how to treat women by watching his father treat his mom. Toxic masculinity is not an effect of dads teaching young boys how to be toxically masculine. It's an effect of a fatherless home. With fathers around, girls are more likely to choose a husband based on how good or bad 
her father is. Teen pregnancy rates are lower sa families with invested fathers. Girls who had good fathers learn how to pick good men and stay away from predators. If a mother is present, girls embrace their womanhood when they see their mothers are not required to behave like men in order to succeed or influence the world. For a son, a mother prepares him to be sensitive to women, especially when women will make up half of the people in his community. Di ko sinasabi na if you don't have a mom or dad, you are doomed for life. Maraming nag-succeed sa buhay despite these challenges. Ang sinasabi ko lang ay, when same-sex marriage gets legalized, you redefine parenting. It is widely accepted that the best environment for a child to grow up on is with a dad and a mom in a low-conflict household. Sa mga lumaki sa Pinas na walang either nanay o tatay, most of the time, it is tragic. Most of the time, hindi ito sinasadya. Kung mauso ang same-sex marriage and parenting, kapag nag-adopt sila ng bata, sinadya ito ng adoption agency na lumaki sila either walang nanay o walang tatay. Kapag kumuha sila ng bata through IVF, sinadya ito ng once involved na either ilayo ang bata sa biological mom niya o biological dad niya para lang matugunan ang kagustuhan na magkaanak ng same-sex couple na ito. Marami daw studies na nagsasabi na wala naman daw malaking difference in effect ang mga batang lumaki sa same-sex parents versus yung mga lumaki sa opposite-sex parents. Believe me, most of the methodologies in these studies are flawed. Yung mga parents lang ang tinatanong nila and they sample the parents by asking for same-sex parent volunteers kung sino yung gustong maging part ng study from LGBTQ plus leaning websites. So natural, ang sasagot nila ay kung ano ang papabor sa political agenda nila. The best study is from Mark Rignerus in the New Family Structure Study where he randomly selected adult children with gay or lesbian parents. He discovered that when kids are left to speak for themselves, the differences in outcome are stark. In the interest of time, I'll just leave you to read the study yourself. It is entitled, How Different are the adult children of parents who have same-sex relationships? Findings from the New Family Structure Study. Ang mga sinabi ko dito is just an overview of a few chapters of the book Them Before Us. Definitely, madami akong info na nilive out for the sake of time. To end this segment, gusto ko lang ibato ang tanong ni Katie Faust sa mga supporters ng same-sex marriage. Between the two, the mother and the father, which parent is optional. Conservatives, let's take back the culture. Last week, we are pondering kung itutuloy natin ang Let's Get Biblical. I discerned it, I prayed about it, and I think I got the answer. Before I tell you the answer, I would like to say, let's support 
unboxing Catholicism's Great Adventure Bible Timeline series when it comes out. I will also be part of that. Kaya kahit na hindi natin ituloy ito sa podcast, you'll still see me there. Next, I would like to say na itutuloy natin ang Let's Get Biblical. But the difference now from what we are doing before is we'll paint the books using broad strokes now. Unlike before na kinukwento ko pa bawat detail ng story. Is that fine? One reason I decided to continue is because we're now in Exodus. And the book of Exodus is close to my heart because two years ago, I embarked in a spiritual journey called Exodus 90, which truly changed my life. I talked about it in Season 1 of the podcast. You can go back to that episode if you like. I highly recommend it. Also because malapit na rin ang Lent at kung may time of the year kung saan kailangan natin i-reorient ang buhay natin to be ordered towards God, Lent ito. Anyway, without further ado, let's talk about the book of Exodus. Moses is the prefigurement of the Lord Jesus Christ. We mentioned that before in Season 1, but just to jog your memory, I'll list down the reasons why it is so again. Both Moses and Jesus were saved from a mad king's plot to murder them as babies. Both endured a 40-day fasting period. Both have 70 helpers. Both have chosen 12 people in their inner circle. Both retreated to a mountain with three of their friends when they got weary. Both gave the law from a mountain. Moses in Sinai, Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount. Moses' first miracle is to turn water into blood. Jesus' first miracle is to turn water into wine. And kung ang comment mo is, Ang layo naman nun. Moses turned water to blood. Si Jesus, it turned water into wine. Well, ayon sa church fathers, keep an eye on that wine. Sooner or later, it will turn into blood. The greatest similarity between Moses and Jesus is that Moses led his people from Egypt, while Jesus led us from sin. The word exodus means departure. In the Old Testament, they departed from Egypt. In the New Testament, we departed from sin. The life of the Israelites in Egypt is pretty much how we live our lives now. According to the book of Exodus, Israel is very strong. Exodus 1.7 Madami ang mga Israelites, pero paano sila naging enslaved by Egypt kung strong sila? This is just like our story. Our brain and body are strong, but sometimes we get enslaved by false idols. When we navigate life tapos nahirapan tayo, we grasp consolation and comfort to things other than God. May it be K-drama, video games, alcohol, internet browsing, social media, binge eating. These are false idols just like the ones in Egypt. Ang akala natin we're the master, pero hindi. Sige, challenge kita. Kaya mo bang hindi manood ng movie, TV, gumamit ng mobile phone in a day? If you can do it, congrats. Pero kung may withdrawal syndrome ka, mukhang kailangan mong i-reassess ang buhay mo. Nangyari ito sa mga Israelites. Nung malaya na sila, the very first time na naka-encounter sila ng hardship, 
ang unang pumasok sa isip na is, Bakit mo kami dinla dito, Moses? Mas maayos pa ang buhay namin nung nasa Egypto kami. Ganyan din ang nangyayari sa atin, sa ating buhay. Kapag nahirapan tayo, imbis na magdasal, bumabalik tayo sa kung anong bagay ang nag enslave sa atin. Maganda yung nabasa ko sa aklat ni Mark Manson na The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yung tinutukoy niyang The Feedback Loop from Hell. Nabanggit din ito ni Jordan Peterson sa 12 Rules for Life, sa rule number 1. Para daw itong yung literal na feedback kapag tinapat mo yung mic sa amplifier. Ang nangyayari kasi sa feedback ay may sound na mahina, tapos palalakasin ng amplifier, tapos masasagap ulit ng mic, tapos lalakas ulit, tapos sagap, lakas, sagap, lakas, ang effect ay nakakabinging feedback. Ganun din daw sa buhay natin. Kapag naglalaro ka kunwari ng Mobile Legends, masisiyan ka kasi may dopamine kick ito. Kapag may ginagawa kang activity na exciting, tumataas ang dopamine levels mo, ang nangyayari ay mas nagkakrave ka ngayon for this activity because nagugustuhan mo ang sensation. So once ginawa mo ito ulit, dopamine kick na naman. So hahanapin mo ulit ito. Tapos tataas ulit ang dopamine and so on and so forth. Feedback loop from hell. Ito rin ang reason bakit once nagsimula kang mag-browse sa internet, halos wala ka nang magawa sa buong araw. Naranasan nyo rin ba na matutulog ka na lang tapos i-check mo yung cellphone mo tapos inabot ka pa ng ilang oras bago matulog. This is the stuff of what drug addiction, porn addiction, and any addictions are made of. My friends, just like the Israelites, you are enslaved. The good news is that there's a way out of it. Pero hindi natin ito kaya by ourselves. We need each other as accountability partners. And what we need most is the Lord. Ask for His grace. The climax of Israel's exodus from Egypt is the crossing of the Red Sea. Sa buhay natin, we crossed the Red Sea when we were baptized. It means we have access to God's grace na. At hindi dahil sa nabinyagan tayo, ay perfect na tayo. As mentioned, the Israelites, after nila maging malaya, they still miss Egypt. Ganun din tayo. It's an ongoing process. Sa totoo lang, madaling maging mabait. Kung nakikinig ka ngayon sa podcast at nakaupo ka lang sa bahay, tahimik, mabait ka at that moment kasi wala ka namang ginagawang masama. However, madali mang maging mabait. Ang mahirap ay ang ma-maintain ang iyong kabaitan. Kaya kailangan natin ng grace from God. Ang mga nabanggit kong bagay, internet browsing, k-drama, video games, etc. are not sinful by itself. But they can lead you to sin kung maaadi kayo because they're lesser gods. They are man-made. They can easily lead you to a feedback loop from hell. What you need is a feedback loop from heaven. Once you accept the grace from God, tuloy-tuloy na yan. You'd want to know Him more, so you'll read the Holy Scriptures. You'll want to give to charity, help the poor, pray for your loved ones. The reason na sabi kong magandang pag-usapan ang Exodus kapag malapit na ang Lent, kasi... May practice tayo tuwing Lent that helps us get out from the feedback loop from hell and put us into the feedback loop to heaven. And that is the practice of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. 
fasting from these false gods is very important because when you fast, it rewires your brain to remove us from slavery. It puts us back in control. Ano ang masama kung hindi ka in control? You'll be sad. Kasi kung ang kasiyahan mo ay contingent sa mga bagay na mas mababa sa iyo, which is finite, eventually mauubos ito at malulungkot ka. Kung tinaya mo ang buong kasiyahan mo sa, let's say, Marvel movies, paano kung napanood mo na lahat ng Marvel movies? edi malungkot ka na? Pero kung ang kasiyahan mo ay galing sa mas mataas sa iyo, which is infinite, kahit na may hardships ka sa buhay mo, may suffering, you will never despair. Kaya may mga saints that they found joy in suffering. So if I am to summarize everything that I said, it is in the form of the first commandment. Love God above all else. Yan lang naman yung kailangan mo tandaan. The wisdom of our ancient ancestors is so profound na alam nila ang dangers of addiction. Actually, kay God galing ang commandment, kaya may foresight siya na mas higit sa human writers ng Bible. And now, it's time for Dirty Pop! This week's Dirty Pop will talk about two movies and one TV show. As always, spoiler alert. First movie is The Matrix Resurrection. Fan ako ng The Matrix Trilogy. As in super fan. To a point na best movie of all time ko ang Matrix Part 1. Ang nagustuhan ko sa unang trilogy ay ang philosophical discussions. Tapos icing on top na lang ang action and special effects. That said, I was very skeptical about Matrix 4. Because recently, sabi ng Wachowskis ay may trans allegory daw ang original Matrix films ruining the whole series for me. Kaya I'm bracing myself kung magiging gano ka-woke itong fourth film. Surprisingly, it's not as woke as I imagined it to be. If you watch the original Matrix film, wala na ikaka-diverse pa ang cast nito. One of the coolest character, si Morpheus, is black. May kick-ass female character din, si Trinity at si Niobe. Many Asian characters are in the film. Kaya if you want to get a snapshot talaga of the 90s, sira kagad ang narrative ng white supremacy and the patriarchy. Ganon din ang bagong Matrix film. What I'm saying is, wala nang ikaka-improve sa diversity ng cast ang bagong film dahil diverse na ang original film. What I like in the new film are the Zion scenes. It's nice to see na nagtutulungan na ang humans at ang ibang software ng Matrix. May way na rin ang software mag-make ng presence nila sa real world. Kaya, this is very cool. What I don't like about the movie are the scenes inside the Matrix. At dito, parang nawalan na ng mojo si Lana Wachowski, both literally and figuratively. Siguro nawala na yung green hue ng Matrix nung nagkaroon na ng peace between humans and machines. 
siguro they're running on an older OS kaya ang pangit ng effects. Lalo na yung bullet scene. Yung mabagal na bullet na tatama kay Trinity tapos sinahabol ni Keanu. Walang-wala ang effects nito sa 90s Matrix. All in all, ang na-accomplish lang ng movie na ito ay binigyan nila ng status si Trinity to be the second one. Get woke points, like I said, it's not as woke as I thought it would be, kaya tulang. Get broke points, I like the Zion scenes, not the Matrix scenes, so I'll give it a 3. May soft heart pa rin ako sa The Matrix. Okay, so next is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Itong movie na to ang hinihintay natin mula nung pinalabas ang atrocious female Ghostbusters nung 2016. At ito ang problema sa mga Hollywood films. They make the story na pwede mong i-interchange ang lalaki at babaeng characters. The problem with that is nawawala tuloy ang reason what makes a woman unique from men. Imagine mo yung Charlie's Angels nila, Drew, Cameron, and Lucy Liu. Strong women sila, but hindi nawala yung femininity nila while fighting. Kaya maganda yung story. Yung 2016 Ghostbusters, panlalaki yung script. Kinastan lang ng babae, kaya ito naging boring. Hindi nag-work ang ganyang formula. So back to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ang worry ko sa movie na ito is, it's too much of a throwback. At si Ghoster ulit ang kalaban. Basically tuloy, may tatlong Ghostbusters movie lang tayo na in continuity. At dalawa dito, si Ghoster ang kalaban. Pero okay lang. Ang isa pang worry ko sa movie na ito, kung mag-succeed ito at making a new franchise, malabong yung apat na bidang mga bata ang maging bagong Ghostbusters. Despite that, tinanggal ko muna ang mga worries na ito and I watched the film as it is. And I enjoyed it. Ito ang isa ko pang nagustuhan sa movie. Ang mga magagandang movies ngayon, they seem to take the cue sa failures ng woke culture in movies that they mock it. May scene sa movie na sinabing si Gozer is neither male nor female. Tapos ang sagot ng isang bata, Wow! Woke na daw sila nung 3000 BC pa lang. Of course, I would like to say na naiyak ako sa reunion ng four Ghostbusters sa uli. For some reason, si Bill Murray lang ang hindi nag-age gracefully pero okay lang. I'll give this movie one get woke points because bihira kang maka-enjoy ng movie ng walang LGBTQ plus messaging or BLM messaging these days. Who knows kung may LGBTQ plus member dun sa mga bata. Wala namang kinalaman ito sa istorya, di ba? Kaya yun ang problema sa woke culture. Minsan out of nowhere bring up nila yung LGBTQ plus messaging para mag-virtue signal. Ang isa pang reason na hindi ito woke is because sa original four Ghostbusters, ang pinaka-successful sa kanila is si Winston. Si Winston yung pinaka-successful financially. And he is a black guy. A woke movie wouldn't allow this. Para sa kanila, maraming system na pipigil sa isang black dude maging successful. Oppressed siya ng white counterparts niya dapat. Hindi ganon sa universe ng Ghostbusters and maybe in real life as well. Walang remorse si Winston. In fact, siya pa yung nagbabayad ng rent ng occult bookstore ni Ray Stands. So get broke points, I give it a 2. I love this movie. Next one is Cobra Kai Season 4. 
Same sa Ghostbusters Afterlife. Napansin ko din na hindi woke itong palabas na ito at minamock din nila ang woke culture. Parang binigyan sila ng Netflix ng woke quota. Kailangan may lesbian character ka ha? So meron nga. Pero si Johnny, nung na-encounter niya ang lesbian character na ito, sobrang nakakatawa yung awkwardness. Tapos yung scene about the pronouns, super hilarious. I highly recommend Cobra Kai dahil this is one of the few TV series na unpredictable because wala itong linalatag na agenda. May bagong black character dito. He's bullied pero walang usapin ng white supremacy. In fact, isa sa bullies niya ay black kid din. Kung woke ito, simple lang yung kwento. Black kid good, white kid bad. Pero there's something complicated sa dynamics ng kwento that it allowed the black kid to go to the dark side. This certain level of unpredictability ang nawawala sa mga shows ngayon. I enjoyed Cobra Kai Season 4. Hanggang kailan kaya nila mag-game ang Netflix dito sa forced diversity and wokeness agenda nila? Only time will tell. Pero so far, napansin ko na din ito sa past seasons nila. Eh. They employ wokeness mockingly sa series. Kahit nung last season pa. So, get woke points 1, get broke points 2. Alright, that's it. This is Woke Watch and... Oy, mukhang magandang title ito. Ah. Parang tigapagmasid tayo ng hidden woke agenda in movies and films. So, anyway, papalitan ko na kaya yung Dirty Pop title. Oh, bahala na. This has been another episode of the J. Aruga Show. At the end of the day, it will be night. Goodbye! If this episode made your day, or even if it didn't, please press that follow button right there. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, please give us a 5-star review. Spread the word, tell your friends, family, your dog to subscribe as well. Thank you very much.